This is KQEN Local Talk at 4. Every weekday, News Radio 1240 KQEN brings you local information at 4 o'clock. Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Littlejohn and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, all right. We're live and happening, ladies and gentlemen. It is the True Wealth Radio Show. I am your host, David Littlejohn. And yes, braving the weather to make it here in studio, Miss Katie Shook. Today was one of those days I was like, okay, we are, we are actually doing this, right? Like, I mean, there yeah. was a couple. Is this are you sure? happening? Like, for real? <laughs> uh, so, and the answer, yeah. So, uh, but Thank so, you to all five people who have power that are actually listening today. Right. And the, the beauty of this will be the podcast. But So I have also invited uh, our favorite local news anchor to join us today, Mr. Kyle Bailey. Hello. So, Kyle, thanks for hopping in on the show today. It's I noticed kind of a, it looks like a lean crew today. Uh, well, if you think this is a lane crew, you should have been here yesterday. Oh, I bet. <laughs> That's, this is like surfing, right? You should have seen yesterday. Yeah, uh, yesterday, uh, I believe we were uh, probably between the two uh, radio and print, we were probably at 10%. I was going to say four people. Yeah. The yeah. one that unlocked the door and the one that locked the door and the yeah. two other people that were looking for warmth. I'll tell you. I mean, what a wild event. So I don't get to say this very often, but... Uh, you know, we're, for, for for this will be really more for the folks listening to the podcast because I don't know how many people we actually get to listen right now. Uh, is we're in a, a genuine natural disaster event, right? Like right? this is this has been pretty tricky for Roseburg, and I'm not. I mean, Douglas County in general, really, right? right? And we don't think of natural disasters uh, as well. You got snow. But no, we, yeah, you think of them as like tornadoes or something that's like wiped right, out. Right, they're hurricanes. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be Floods. horrific damage. But, you know, we really experienced pretty su- substantial damage. Right. I mean, we really did. It was a, it was a, a lot like having a, well, I don't know, if I, to say it's like being a Category 1 hurricane is probably a silly comparison. But at the same time, I could show you pictures within a quarter mile of my home right now where there were stands of trees that are just decimated. I mean, half of the trees have been snapped off or broken. Right. And Kyle, uh, I was looking at yesterday's report. I haven't seen it today, but just just for Pacific Power, not looking at uh, any of the other uh, local uh, power providers or other utilities. And it looked like for Douglas County, over 23,000 people without power. Right. And that number has dropped some this afternoon. An additional couple of sections of the west side of Roseburg have gotten power, including one just in the past half hour or so. Uh, Maybe that's you. uh, No, (laughs) in the west side. (laughs) No, and if you add the the other west. Yeah, and the the hardest hit in uh, the Douglas Electric folks in the rural area uh, because there you have big spaces between properties. This is not your subdivision with 100 feet away is the next house. It may be a quarter mile. And uh, there they've got a really a system-wide outage, over 9,000 customers without power. And and I double-checked it again today. Uh, they say this was put out uh, you know late yesterday, early this morning. Uh, that Douglas Electric customers should expect to be without power for a week. Ooh. Yeah. Because well, they're dealing with just bigger issues. Well, there's, the, and this brings us to this. So the subject of today's show, if, if you're going to look up the podcast later, this is sort of, we'll call this the emergency preparedness show. But some of it is we got to get a look at what happened here. And then we get to frame this compared to other 
emergency events, right? So somebody listening to this is going to go, well, it's not snowing now. What do I care? And I will tell you, it's literally snowing right now. You look in the studio, out the window behind me, and we had so what did they what are what are different reports for snow levels here uh, at the valley floor? Well, well, the the valley floor is at 500 feet. In the latest update this afternoon, we've got the uh, that's not snow depth, that's elevation, folks. Right, but we've got the weather advisory uh, calling for one to four inches above 500 feet, and then an inch or less below. Now, right in Roseburg, right main part of Roseburg, 500 feet, which right now, at least looking out our window here. We've it's, got almost another inch in the last hour, hour and a half, I'd yeah. say. Well, and see, it, it doesn't look like that quite as much to me because I don't see it sticking here so much. But I haven't looked out in the parking lot. Yeah, no, it's sticking. The, like, I right. made sure to park in a spot that a truck had left, so ah. it was clear just to make sure I could have a running start to get out. Well, and also, just before we came in, I looked, and our temperature's gone back up to 34. It was down to 33, so that helps. Uh, and it was supposed to be 35, and so that was why... They weren't expecting it 500, you know, to be an issue. Right. So this will be interesting for, again, for our listeners, especially for posterity. Let me give you a sense of what happened. And the higher the elevation, the more you probably shrug and say, well, we got a bunch of snow. What's the big deal? Uh, but the lower elevations got a bunch of snow, too. So we're right at close to valley floor levels. We're out sort of on the edge of Melrose. So we're somewhere in that 500-foot range. And I estimated that we received between 9 and 10 hour, ten inches of snow on Sunday night. And what happened is it was Sunday afternoon. It switched from rain to snow. And it was about 1 p.m. that that switch occurred. And it, I figured, oh, this is, you know, Oregon's sort of a, it flirts with you, but it doesn't really snow. This is Roseburg. We're the banana belt, right? And it just kept snowing. So went into town, ran some errands, uh, picked up a couple of things, and just thought, again, no big deal. And I get a text from my wife, hey, the power's out. And that's about 4.30 p.m. on Sunday. Mm. It continued to snow, and I, I was, for whatever reason, I was just sort of agitated by the whole thing, and there were lots of creeks and cracks and trees breaking and branches. And That's eerie-sounding, by it, the way. It really it was. Like it sounded like a, in your a lightning storm, right? Uh, and there were a couple times, there were a couple of bright flashes, so I think a transformer or two popped. Uh, and we, so I was up often, and I was checking, and I was wondering, what's going on here? Of course, my wife's a teacher. I've got school-age kids, so we're wondering what's going to be the scenario. And then, and I'm also just kind of waiting. I literally have my phone like plugged into the charger, like, of course it's going to turn on in the middle of the night. They always fix it. And... No, they didn't. And the trees kept breaking. And the next morning, so we've got some birch trees in our yard. And these are pretty tall birch trees. I'm going to guess they're 40 foot plus tall. And they're bowed all the way over touching the ground. And you look at that and you think, what happened? Well, here's for all of our listeners. Uh, I've talked with a number of folks about this. Essentially, it was not very cold. It was cold enough to snow, but just barely. And so the snow was quite heavy, very water-laden snow. And then it stopped snowing and switched to rain somewhere just after midnight for two or three hours. Which was just enough to make it really heavy ice. Well, what happened is, yeah, the snow just sucked it all up like a sponge, and then it switched back to snow and kept going. So if you think about, we have, it's a funny long story to it, but basically we have a swimming pool with a liner that needs to be replaced. And so it was partially filled with water, and it snowed, and it's got probably six, seven inches of slush on top of the pool, 
right? I keep teasing David that he needs to start practicing for the polar plunge. Right. That is not happening. <laughs> he As, has the great access right yeah, there. Come that's on. That's negative, Ghost Rider. <laughs> Pattern is full. So if, if you imagine, though, think about how much, if you had a trash can, like a 55-gallon trash can filled up with slush, think of how heavy that would be. Oh. Right? Now, think about how much the branches of those trees were holding. Right? You're talking about sometimes five, six, ten trash cans worth of slush being hung from tree branches until finally they just could not hang on. So the, the trees that were flexible enough literally bent all the way over to the ground so for relief. But the rest started snapping, and we lost big trees in our neighborhood. Big, like 100-foot trees. So my mom had a tree in the neighboring lot that snapped in half and fell on her house. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I don't think there's any damage, but they can't assess it yet. Um, but they called a tree service, and the tree service said, we can't even get a crane to start lifting these trees off till Thursday. Yeah. And at this point, they're coming out and surveying everybody and triaging. And I've never heard of a tree company triage, but they're triaging yeah. the people to see who's in the worst shape. Basically, who's who has been impaled by a tree that's, versus that's who just passed term. down yep. trees. Yep. And they said, you know, if you have a hole in your house, we're going to fix that first because the hole needs to be patched. And then keep in mind, half those holes for the people that have holes in their houses also don't have power. Right. So cold air is getting in, water is getting in, and there's nothing to keep it out or keep it warm. Right. So it's making it worse. But it was interesting to be triaging clients based on their tree service. Yeah. And now as we look at this, so Kyle, weather report, I understand potentially more snow tonight. Yeah. And uh, again, they were really for Roseburg saying little or no accumulation, and they still are. Uh, <laughs> Very clearly outside the window. <laughs> However, this whole storm system is not gone as we expected. I was in here on Sunday prepping for potential flooding coverage and left mid-late afternoon and got home for a while. And then when Roseburg Schools announced they were going to be closing, I started looking at some of the different charts and things I look at. And I actually came back down here and spent more time than I had planned. But uh, while I was here, the the police scanner started to resemble uh, just, I mean, there was not any dead space for three hours in the police scanner. It was tree down, tree down, tree down, tree down. It's everywhere. And so you've brought up a couple of really interesting points about what's going on right now. And I think that they're worth exploring more. And one of them is the flooding issue, right? So... Uh, as we're talking about emergency preparedness, now I'm going to tell you, this will all start to come together in your, tr- it'll, there'll still be this true wealth component to this, but we needed to really give you a sense of what is going on out there. When you have all over our county, you know, you're talking about geographic region that's covering, uh, what, hundreds of square miles, and the number of down power lines and the number of people without power it is a very real situation, and then we had it go just warm enough to start melting and now just cool enough to be snowing again. We are really super saturating the area and holding a lot of water around here. So we are not yet done with the shenanigans. No, no. Right? That's, that's the, the scenario that we need to be aware of. So I want to talk about what, are we, what should people be doing as we start to look at the next week or two in, in just r- sort of readiness and preparedness. But as we 
have to do from time to time. We are required to take, to take a, a break. break. So we'll do that. And then when we come back on the flip side, we'll get into the details a little bit more on this. So let's just stick around. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. And Kyle Bailey. And you got True Wealth on News Radio 1240, KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240, KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. Uh, very exciting for your favorite Tuesday afternoon. And if you are able to listen, woohoo! Yeah, thank you for raving that. <laughs> right? Because... Uh, because there are so many people around right now that are without power. Kyle, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, as we talk about this, this is not the show where we're just going to rehash the, lo- the local weather because then we're just going to ruin some other uh, noon, what, what do you call it, when you have the, the people the on at noon, right? Oh, right, and Inside Douglas County. Yeah, so you'll, sure. you'll want to do like Inside Douglas County on this for like, you know, three months, and, and we're just <laughs> ruining it right now. <laughs> so so uh, let's come up with some hacks or some fun stuff. You were going to well, talk about some true wealth moments so in this we're gonna talk, storm. So we need to talk about getting prepared here because let's this flooding situation, this could be very real, right? Yeah, and right now, honestly, everybody's dealing with where we're at today. And I've, I haven't looked at the rain gauge level since yesterday. Now, we had early on Monday, we had Deer Creek flood a bit. That's not all that uncommon, though I think it was more than had been in a while. But, you know, the rivers have come up, but they have a long way to go. So main stem right. flooding, we're not worried about. But, but if it, we were to have a warming trend rather quickly oh. and, and bring in a warm front with rain on top of all the snow that's come down so far and stored all this water on the surface, you can imagine how quickly we could overrun that river. Well, the rivers look like they have actually dropped, a, you know, a few inches from their high water mark because you can tell where the snow has been melted and it's green or brown on the bank. So you can tell it was a lot higher not too long ago, but it still looks, I mean, those rivers look pretty high. You know, I, I haven't seen the river. It seems to be dark when I come and go. Right. Uh, I haven't seen it in a couple of days. Well, I mean, I travel down I-5 to Green, and every time I look, I kind of look over and see exactly where that river is. And, man, it's pretty high. Like, it's ridiculously high at this point. But you can tell it's dropped a little yeah, bit. It was really high yesterday. It's not quite so bad today. today. But it's... <laughs> but it's the, snowing. The, well, it's not that. It's the conditions are very ripe. Right. right. Now, so... I was in the Carolinas, but I seem to recall, was it 97 or 98? 96. 96. Okay. That was the big flood here. So it was big flood in 96, and I it was similar conditions, wasn't it? That we had a snow first, and then a big Pineapple Express rainstorm came through. Maybe not snow on the valley floor, but like down to 1,000 feet. You know, I don't remember that part because I, I wasn't in news then, and I had I had a different job in the, in the community. But... Uh, I mean, that that year's one I'll never forget. One of the, well, the peak day, Roseburg had like four and a half inches of rain in one day. That had never happened before. That was all-time rainfall record. We had uh, several people die in uh, mudslides, a couple of different situations, Ew. and a sinkhole in Interstate 5. And Totally uh, normal. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, right, of, right just south of Harvard northbound. And if you went over to the park across the river, uh, you could see this uh, semi-truck that <laughs> was clear in the sinkhole and uh you know and that person was hurt but not seriously uh and a couple other people got hurt in that one too uh so yeah this is um this has been uh, an interesting few days because you know oftentimes you see certain things coming and this one though we saw one thing coming and then everything just kind of shifted and right 
So this kind of reminds me of March of 2011. And the reason it stands out very much to me is because I was very pregnant at the moment. (laughs) But we had a horrible snowstorm. And then the winds and stuff, there were, and I lived up in Sutherland at the point, um, and transformers had blown. And people were without power for almost a week that year. Like there were lots of outlier um, communities, same thing, that didn't have power for like a week. I remember the hotels were really busy. Um, so, and I want to kind of joke around a little bit. This is where having an emergency fund pays off. Cause I would say this is an emergency heat and water and like having your normal functions count yeah. as an emergency. And I just got a text so much for no new accumulation. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so somebody, somebody uh, sitting at home right now, uh, you know, the, with, uh, you talk about being prepared and, uh, going into the week, uh, coming out of Sunday, I wasn't too worried about things, but then, you know, I'm doing wall-to-wall hours with taking, keeping track of things, and yesterday, because we'd lost power sometime Sunday night, late after we'd gone to sleep, uh, so I was trying to get a hot meal for my wife and actually one of our neighbors who'd helped us clear snow out of the driveway, Um, and, you know, 25% of Roseburg was all that had power, and actually... Uh, right here and down towards the courthouse and then up to about Newton Creek and along Stevens, that was it for, right. the, for the whole town. And so because of where the shopping is laid out, uh, some of the stores had been open during the day with partial power. Fred Meyer was. They didn't right. have their main lights, but they could stay open. I'm guessing. I and don't they, know. And That's all was, generator was, backup stuff, isn't well, it? Well, and what they had done also, because I happened to go there, was all of the perishable stuff was pulled so you right. couldn't get anything perishable. Yeah, I don't know if that's because they were in like emergency coolers to try to save it or if it was because it was not safe because of what happened. Or yeah, what. I'm guessing somewhere in, in both of those situations. In the other stores the same way, and so they were closing early. Uh, so by the time I was ready to leave the second time last night, uh, you know, Safeway was the, the only large store. And I'd seen pictures already, and Safeway honestly looked like somebody had looted it. I'm yeah. told. On certain I mean, yeah. By is... the way, Walmart looks that way, too. It, it's half empty. And they said they've had trouble with the trucks even getting in to, re- right. to refuel them full of stuff. So this is where the emergency kit Ah, is this now, like, well, in California, it used to be the earthquake kit, right? In case well, you have an earthquake, then you have that, this backup plan. That's, it's funny you should say that, but I actually think this is the earthquake kit because to me, this is a beta test, right? I can, I've lived in Roseburg since 2002, and I can count the number of times we've had material accumulation in excess of two inches on my hands, like on my fingers. Right, right? that's not much. So it just doesn't happen. This is a really unusual situation here. And so the probability that it's going to happen again, pretty low. Right. But there are other things that could happen that are just as significant, if not more so. And being without power really monkeys with the chain the supply chain right right? so no power supply chain is a problem what happens when you have a bridge that breaks or a stretch of freeway that shuts down right wasn't i-5 shut down for a while between cottage grove and and sutherland last night but i'm talking about different than snow i'm saying what if we did have an earthquake that resulted in i-5 having a, a sheared section that 
literally was undrivable and needed to be repaired. And you're talking about a two or three week repair time and there's no ability to get services. Right. You'd have right? to reroute you couldn't a even, lot. Yeah. It's, it's a matter of like, well, there's no trucks coming because you're, you're a sort of a geographical island temporarily until infrastructure and connectivity is restored. Mm-hmm. So what would you do? That's a good question. Right. I, I kind of think about alternate routes all the time from my house to different places. But look at the situation we had yesterday when the freeway was closed Glendale to Sutherland for a period of time. 138 East was closed starting at Glide. 138 West was closed starting at Sutherland. And you 42 were, was real dubious. You weren't going anywhere. You were genuinely stranded. And so this is the point of where I want to get to today and, and our true well takeaway of how does one develop an emergency preparedness plan? And what should you have on hand in your emergency preparedness kit? Oh, that's a good, those are good questions. Okay. Now, I want to take you back to times past. Or, frankly, I could take you to times right now. <laughs> which is, and the reason times past is when I grew up, it was Boy Scouts. But today it is now Scouts, right? Which is... I'm not here to make, uh, I don't, I'm actually okay with that. I have three daughters, right? Move on. Here's the thing. One of the things that scouting has always taught is some basic survival skills and preparedness. Okay. And some of the things that everybody should know how to do and everybody should be prepared for because frankly, we've gotten a little pampered. True. Right? You look around and life's pretty easy. You turn on the switch, the light comes on. The heat happens, right? We we are, in fact, we're so spoiled right now that we have the argument is about, you know, whether or not you should have a bigger flat screen TV <laughs> or hardwood flooring. True. Right? <laughs> because we're not talking about climate control or indoor plumbing or reliable utility services. We're talking about above and beyond creature comforts. Right. Right? So we are now having, this is like pumping the brakes, so everybody is pumping the brakes and getting a look at, hey, what is really needed and what should you all have on hand, right? Well, and, res- and being resourceful as well. Like we're going to talk about some resourcefulness. And, and that is too. really the key. So let's, So we're going to talk about those things today. And so as you build out your emergency preparedness kit, what's the first thing? Like if, if you were to pick a, a number, how much, how long should you be prepared to be sort of independent in the event of an emergency? I would say probably like a week, but I feel like that's a long time. I would I would like to try to channel Wayne Stinson now, and I, I can't quite do that. Uh, Wayne Stinson, the emergency services <laughs> director for the county, because he, I mean, I've known him for years. He has just, and I actually saw him this morning. He said, you're going to be on the air today? You know, uh, mm-hmm. and the, um, you know, is being prepared because we expect to be rescued from every situation that comes along and the sheriff's office and the city police and the state police and everybody else. There's things like today where people have to um, buck up and, you know, look around and realize that things aren't going to be as good as they would like to. They're going to have a salad from Subway when maybe they wanted a hot meal because that was the closest, easiest place to get dinner last night. I did me. make a joke about it. Instead of a lemonade stand, they need a hot soup stand. If anybody sat there and like served hot soup and bread, I swear they would have a line around the corner because everybody just wants a hot meal right now. It's cold outside. 
Well, and so so you have food. Well, you have water, first of all. Right. Water is important. Water. You've, and you've missed over the, the biggie, though. Is you've got, I mean, these are all things that we're going to talk about Go into the preparedness kit. What's the period of time that, say, FEMA recommends that you Ooh, be that's prepared a good one. for? I I want to say a week, but it might be more. I think it might be two weeks. I think it is two weeks. Ah. All right. So we need to talk about the two-week preparedness plan, uh, but we're at that point where we also need to take our next break. So we'll do that, and when we come back, we're going to talk about what goes into your two-week preparedness kit and how do you pull that stuff together. So that and more good, clean family fun <laughs> when we come right back. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. And Kyle Bailey. You got True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240 KQEN. Kyle, I still don't own a snow shovel. Well, you probably <laughs> should have gotten, I don't know if there's any left. You know, I uh, There were some at uh, Home Depot yesterday, but I looked at this and I can still just use it, you know, like a regular spade. It's fine. I mean, it works. Well, yeah, we just had, we had so much snow and we needed to really get it cleared out because the car that I was driving yesterday was a Prius, very low to the ground. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but gosh, it's such heavy snow right now that I don't even know if I'd want to try to tackle snow shovels full. I mean, you're probably talking about 30 pounds of scoop, 50 pounds of scoop. I mean, it could get heavy. Interesting. It was a single. So we had the open space. We have a double wide driveway, but a single car garage. So you can park one car in each part of the driveway and one in the garage. Right. And I happen to have an extra vehicle right now, which is a whole other story. Uh, <laughs> but the... Um, so we just wanted to get that one main area cleared off because the other vehicle was on top of the other area and that was fine. And you talk about being prepared. Well, I had to go buy a snow shovel because uh, clearly the other one was going to take forever. And when we got the snow shovel, it was like, oh, this is much better. It's much more effective. And it was really more effective when the neighbor across the street who we'd never met before, even though he'd lived there six months, said, hey, you need some help? <laughs> yes, and he happens yes, to please. be about mm, 30. And I'm... A, not Older. about 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 30 he did plus. a much better job at clearing snow. And my wife actually made a comment later about, you know, it shouldn't take something like this for us to get to know one of the neighbors, you know, mm -hmm. but yet it did. But it is nice when you see neighbors uh, binding together to help one another get out of driveways or shovel each other. Like that happened a lot in our neighborhood this week. And it was nice to be able to see that neighbor to neighbor um, just happened. I mean, I had a neighbor that had a, a Jeep parked on the street and he said, hey, I'm going to town. If you need anything, let me know. Like just that offer right. that, that, you know, really shows a lot about a neighborhood. Right before the show, I was just looking at one of the neighborhoods who's got a Facebook group because we have a house in that neighborhood as well. And uh, they were, it was just like that. It was like, hey, my grandparents over on this street and they're running out of wood. Does anybody have some? And somebody else who probably doesn't know them uh, said, yeah, come over to my house. I'll give you some, you know, and all those sorts of things. Right. Right. People, my people wife, step like up. some woman that she ran into in our neighborhood was uh, just lives alone. It's just she and her dog. And she's saying, oh, I would just kill for, you know, just a pot of coffee. And so, you know, she made her a big thermos of hot water and brought her over some stuff to have coffee. So, uh, yes, little stuff like that. It is neat to see when people come out to help each other. I wish we could find a better way to organize sometimes. Yeah. Uh, although, ironically, for all the technology in the world that we use to do that, it doesn't work right now. True. Or although a lot of well. my friends kind of said, hey, you know, we, we did almost like a power check on a group text. And the one person that had power said, you guys are all welcome to come over to our house 
and crash as long as you need, and we'll make it work. Yeah, I was watching somebody uh, walk down the street with a. I think that's a homemade sort of tobogganing device there. <laughs> so. yeah. nice. Well, the sleds have come out, by the way. So there uh, has maybe been that some is a fun. Sled. I don't know. It didn't, it didn't look particularly like it was a factory there, sled. There has been some fun in this. But there's. Uh, but we're talking about disaster preparedness yeah, a little so, bit. So on the two-week plan here, because this is not going to be the only disaster that we are potentially going to deal with. In right. fact, we may not see this disaster again. Uh, it's just it's a particularly tough because there are many people, I mean, they're cold in their homes right now, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's cold outside. So uh, yeah. at least for here, we're not used to, you know, Arctic. So this is really testing us. But what do you do? So first and foremost, you need to figure out what kind of infrastructure are you likely to have and what may or may not be disrupted. Okay, so as an example, I'm really fortunate. We have gas fireplaces. Now, gas fireplaces have fans that are electric, okay? So that's what blows things out. But we we needed to, you know, so so we knew we could at least have a heat source, right? Right, because, which is not something I have in my house. Right. So that was, yeah, bonus for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we also, because we have a gas water heater, we still have hot, hot water. water. Yeah, I have an electric water heater, so I did right. not have hot water. Yes, so... At the interesting part about it is if we'd had a well, it wouldn't matter. Right? True. Because how do you pump the water to the gas water heater to heat it? So you you sort of need this checkup on, well, what are the things that I need to pay attention to? Uh, an- another thing that folks need to realize is if you run out of power, you need to figure out quickly what things must you access because uh, – your refrigerator has now become a cooler. Right, and it's going to slowly start to warm up. It's going to warm up and you're going to start to lose food. And the same thing with your freezer. Although, the nice thing about having it being frigid outside and you full of snow, a lot of stuff outside you just put it outside cold. on the porch and you're still good to go. Fairly. The refrigerator stuff, yes. What I have discovered is it's not cold enough to keep frozen stuff frozen. We actually put stuff in the snow. Well, as I was say, if you throw it frozen. directly in the snow, you should be okay. Although you got to be able to find it later, because <laughs> if it, it snows it, over, it's not going to. The funny help. thing is, it was not. It was not cold enough. Oh, Correct. interesting. Correct. And what I believe that has to do with is just that this water has the snow has so much water in it yeah. that what snow. A lot of people don't realize this, but snow is a pretty good insulator because it the temperature tends to be right at freezing. It right. doesn't get colder than snow. Right. So uh, that's why. If it was 20-something degrees outside, you could put it just on your table outside, and the air temperature would keep it frozen. Right. But uh, all you're going to do is keep it chilled at – it's like your drink doesn't get colder than the ice. It gets to the temperature of the ice. Right. right. And this is a good chance, too, by the way, for those of you that haven't cleaned out your fridge in a while, to clean out your fridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but it is Because you kind of have to go through it to make sure that, you know, what's spoiling, what, what are you kind of dealing with in this timeline? And sometimes it's like, well, those lunch meats are going to go bad soon. So guess what? We're having sandwiches for lunch. Exactly. Uh, well, that, so talk about the funny, I, I was teasing with everybody when I got to the station today, we had, of all things that were frozen that are no longer frozen, we had four, like, I don't know, eight pounds of bacon. Ooh. <laughs> So before I came in, so you made the baconator before you came in. (laughs) I had made eight pounds. Where I had made four pounds of bacon already, and I'll I'll cook the other four tomorrow because at least you know it's not it's not going to go bad instantly at freeze at 
you no, know, but fridge bacon, temperature. I mean, even cooked bacon, like you can just snack on that all day long, like chips. Like who cares? It's bacon. Uh, what? Well, if so? you read the calorie label, <laughs> maybe, yeah, we maybe need extra we calories did. to keep warm. We're good. It's the, the extra calories doesn't matter. The I trick have, is that we had to cook it, right? So we're right. going to use that. And um, uh, but we also again because we're real fortunate to have natural gas, we had a grill. Right, yeah. so that we could actually take the barbecue grill out, and it's hooked up to natural gas, and we could use that. If you're on propane, you're going to be limited to propane. Now, interestingly enough, you think, oh, you guys have all this natural gas, you're set. We you know what we don't have is a gas stove or gas cooktop. Oh, so you can't actually use. The I range. know this one. You know, this is the house we moved into, and I'm going. Whoever thought in the home that we bought that a uh, like an electric coil stove was preferable to gas. I know. Needs needs a friendly um, like back alley beating. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was for the nineties. But you but you know what I have another one too. Um, something that a lot of people don't think about unless if it's what they use is backup power, backup generators for medical devices like a CPAP. A CPAP is a very right. common medical device that a lot of people have these days. And what happens if the power goes out? And well, you don't have a backup plan for that. Not not in this last scenario for the past few days, but I don't remember the specific time, but a year or two ago when we had a number of things going on and either power outages or something. And I remember hearing a call on the scanner for someone whose uh, oxygen device, something wasn't operating properly or there was a lack of power or there was, but it was one of those like, oh, we could, this has got to be solved immediately. Right. I mean, it's that critical. So this brings me to the point of in your emergency kit, one of the things that I think we've all learned right now is that a readiness level of do you have alternate power if required? Right. And so if required, meaning you have medical devices or something like that that's going to require. Do you have uh, a means of keeping food fresh? And if the answer is no, this is where your emergency kit needs to include stable provisions it's it doesn't have to be glamorous we're talking survival we're not talking about club med here no okay so like the fact that i'm cooking eight pounds of bacon that's just because <laughs> i don't want to throw the bacon away uh, but uh, which does bring me to this is a very interesting side note yes relevant to this conversation if you lose food in the freezer you should document what it is. Write it down and, and take a catalog of it. Take pictures or whatever you need to. Because if you end up making a homeowner's insurance claim for damage because of lost power, you can, in many cases, the policy will cover spoiled food from the, uh, from power, the loss of power. From loss of power. Of course, that will depend on your deductible amount. And Correct. Whether, you know, but if you're paying it, for a deductible for a single claim that covers a storm that created a cascade of events. So in our case, we've had down three or four trees, a bunch of branches, of yeah. a fence that was damaged. Another of the neighbor's trees is leaning up on our garage. And we're going, OK, well, that may actually exceed and likely to exceed the cost of the deductible to make a claim. And so we'll assess whether or not it's worth it to do that. But if so, we may file for loss of the what we lost because we did. We, you know, we just threw, had to throw stuff out because it had you know gone bad or it's one of those things where you can't let it unfreeze. Well, and groceries have gotten you know. more expensive these days. So, I mean, it's it's... It's food just is, is. food. No, it's just the, pricey. And this is not about this is not the about Dave show right here either. This is no, me making to our listeners yeah. pay attention to if things are lost, they may end up being insurable things on your policy if appropriate. Okay, uh, 
The other one is what we've quickly discovered is sometimes an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? Okay. So I'm waiting for where you're going with this, but... You have to prevent the weather. No, yeah, well, nice try. <laughs> in this case, having been prepared, go try to buy a generator in this town right now. Oh, yeah. No, not happening. I know it's not happening because Costco had the last ones, and I was lucky enough to draw one of the long straws. We were there well before opening. There was a line. We were 18th in line, and it was sort of like a Black Friday mad dash yeah, to see who was going to gonna it, walk yeah. out with it. And what we got was a very small one that's not adequate for power in much, but it's enough to keep... You know, the, the freezer going, and we've got the fan on the fireplace going. If we unplug everything, we can, tem- you know, plug in the microwave and re- do something temporarily. And, we you know, we can sort of make it work, but it's not nearly enough to run a house on. Well, and as I shared last night, my husband actually bought one for our house two years ago when we had a bad storm. Mm-hmm. And um, we just never got to use it. And so a couple nights ago, he said, hey, uh, where's our gas can? Let's make sure that this thing's at least gassed up. Because if nothing else, then we can run for eight to 10 hours and kind of have some basic necessities. Right. So even though we had our power back already, we actually did a test last night. So we told all the kids so they wouldn't run around and freak out in the dark. But we, uh, we plugged in the generator and got everything running and wired it all into the house and then said, we're going to turn off all the lights and see if the generator will power it. Yeah. And it actually did. And we kind of were testing the this limits of what next thing is we could after, run in the house. After this event settles is to get somebody out to wire the house so that I can uh, appropriately disconnect the power. Because this is the other thing. You, you know, when it comes to electricity, a lot of people are like, well, you know, if you just shut off the main power to your breakers and plug it in to one of the plugs in the wall, it'll energize the house. And it does. The problem is that it doesn't isolate the ground loop properly. So you could create fires and all kinds of other issues. Or if somebody does get electrocuted, there's no system to trip a breaker to protect them. Right. And so uh, there are some real issues with doing it the wrong way. So I wouldn't go too cowboy with electricity uh, if I were you. Well, I was just thinking people that sell generators, backup generators for homes, they're about to get a get big boom in business in the next yeah. few months. Well, as are, you know, these restoration companies like the Surf Pros of the world that come in and do disaster recovery. Uh, and don't be surprised if your insurance premiums inch up even further, because every time a disaster like this happens, although this is Mild. As far as it's insurance goes, it's probably so not that bad. It's nothing like Paradise, California, but it's pretty serious. So uh, back to the kit, right? We've got two weeks worth of food and water. Food and water. Wine? Wine yes, helps. Sure, sure. I mean, it makes the two weeks go faster. All right. Makes a, makes a better neighbor, by yeah, the way. Makes me better looking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. By the way, are we taking account on how many babies are going to be born about ten months or nine, nine to ten months from now? That has been <laughs> held around the office because last <laughs> September, August, uh, Mercy had a baby boom that was traced back to all the wildfire smoke the previous summer when people couldn't go outside safely for long periods of time. So I am now curious. So we we're talking about it's February. So this should be November. November. Am I doing the math right? So we want to see if we have a bunch of Thanksgiving well, babies. Well, November, December. Yeah. So, so we're there. looking at, you know, Thanksgiving or so, we should do a follow-up show on that one. The post-emergency yeah. out- outcome. Maybe a raffle if you had a baby. <laughs> Love it. All right. So look, we're, uh, we're running. We got to grab our last break. Why don't we do that when we come back? A few uh, final thoughts on how we can be better prepared for the next event so that you can maintain your true wealth. All right, that and more when we come back. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. And Kyle Bailey. Yeah, True Wealth on News Radio 1240, KQEN. 
and welcome back to the True Well Show home stretch here on the Emergency Response Show. How are you going to be prepared so that this does not catch you off guard next time? How does this tie into your financial health? So I said something earlier. This is where having an emergency fund or ha- like helps because if you need to go out and buy a few hundred dollar generator or something for your home that you don't have access to other ways, like having that cash available to purchase those supplies needed is important. I think there's that. It's also, uh, how does it play into it? Well, I'll tell you, this is going to have a very real effect on people because there's things that have been damaged. There's going to be interruptions of services. Uh, Imagine folks that have lost work time and they're hourly workers. It's possible they're not going to get paid for this time. And it's really no fault of their own, but it is the nature of, like, if you're not able to perform the work, you're not able to be compensated for it. So in that case, I think it does speak to the idea that you always need to have a little set aside for the unexpected, right? So the emergency fund is part of this. And this is also something where, uh, again, I think being prepared and having some of this set aside in advance uh, you know, it's okay to keep around just some extra boxes, you know, noodles and beans and a few things that are just non-perishables. I mean, in our house, we typically have like cans of chili and ramen noodles and stuff because my kids snack on it anyway. <laughs> but that is, True. that it's actually good calorie dense shelf stable stuff that you can keep around. And the other thing is, don't go buy it all at once. You can spread it out. You know, these emergencies come few and far between typically. So you usually have time to start accumulating, but you want to put it in some area that you know where to get to it. You know where it is. Uh, you should, you want to have secondary source of light, batteries. You want to have water was the big one we talked about, right, Kyle? We mentioned, mm-hmm. and if you're on, if you, you remember, you can't flush toilets if you don't have power to your well. I mean, you flush it once, but now you got to, What's going to fill the tank back up, By the way, you just mentioned something really quick. Batteries. Batteries are something, too, that have been sold out a lot because people don't commonly check their flashlights. So then they go to check their flashlight in their dark, and there's no batteries. Right. So making sure that you have adequate batteries or just doing a flashlight check every once in a while. Here's another one. What you're listening to right now, many people are going to listen on the podcast because they couldn't listen now. What about battery-operated radio? Oh, right. I mean, go. that's actually a really important thing. And this is where you want to know where your local channels are. Right. Because the local channels are going to be able to get you the pertinent information. Let me tell you, I've been getting Google updates on my phone sporadically because, you know, cell service is sort of iffy. It's been taxed so heavily since that's what everybody's got. And they keep telling me things like, oh, it's 47 degrees and raining in Roseburg. I'm like, I don't know where you're getting your weather information from, but you are out to lunch. It's 32 and snowing, but thanks, Google. (laughs) Right. So Google is guessing at the weather, and they're worse guessers than the local guessers. So go with the local guesser. They're better. Right. I don't know. Kyle said it wasn't uh, sticking or there wasn't. What was the word that you used at the beginning? No accumulation. No accumulation. I I don't think there's as much as you think there is right now, but uh, (laughs) I'll bet you it's a quarter inch, half inch, depending on what surface. I'm, you know, not every surface is accumulating at the same pace. Right. Well, and in the areas vary widely. You know, when I was out last night and again early this morning, one of the things I like about the car I got is having the outside temperature. I've never had that before in a car. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are used to that. But it was like, do I go up that hill? Well, it's 34. Okay, we should be okay. But do I go up that hill and it's 31? Eh, I don't know. You know, and it's raining. Yeah, I, I don't warm. know how to break this to you, but that 
that uh, accuracy level of oh, that thermometer is probably as good as the accuracy of the weather guessers. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm hoping. I would say not. it's probably within three to five degrees. It's. I it's, mean, it's close enough. It's it's one of those where it should you know if you're just aware. Right. So much of this comes down to situational awareness. Uh, if you saw the weather coming and you were savvy enough to say, well, it's snowing. I think I'm going to go grab a few extra things just in case. You're a lot happier. Right? One more thing I'm going to mention really quick, too, um, is weather gear. Right. Like if yes. you have snow gear, make sure it's not stuck in your attic or somewhere that you cannot access right now. Like one of the things that was really nice was. I went out into the garage and right on the shelf, my husband has a box marked seasonal and that's where all the snow gear is. And I was able to pull it in and the kids could go outside and play and they were completely bundled up and warm. It wasn't hidden somewhere that I couldn't yes. access easily. And also the fun term of the day. This is a great one because there's we live in Oregon and it's fantastic for this. This is a chance to get some decent camp gear. Right. Yeah. It turns out Camping having uh, a camp stove goes a long way in conditions like this. But it also means that you need to have a fuel supply on hand. You can't say, oh, I'll get the fuel when I need it. You actually need to have some fuel supply around. And that's the real tricky part. And so there's a you kind of have to do a refresh on this. Like it's uh, hey, if you're going to have a generator, then you better burn the fuel every now and then because you can't have gas sit for a year or two. It'll go bad on you. Right. right? So uh, those are the issues that you want to consider is for emergency preparedness. It's not a one and done event. It is a, OK, well, I need to kind of let a few things come through the kit. Batteries do have a shelf life. You know, fuel has a shelf life. Food has a shelf life. You know, and <laughs> one of the things there with batteries, I don't remember who I saw do it. Uh, you know, they bought a number of batteries in a container and they actually wrote, and there might be something with batteries, I don't know, but they actually wrote themselves, purchased, you know, July 2018, mm -hmm. just so they could remember in case right. they didn't need them for a long time, and then they could assess whether or not they were still good. Right. Uh, well, and in our house, because we routinely go through a certain amount of batteries, we kind of buy a block of them, and we just work our way through, and then we get the new block and kind of replace it so that there's just sort of this small inventory. Yeah, I don't not think we exotic. ever have batteries unused in yeah, our house. But, but we do maintain an inventory of certain things, and it's just regular household use. Right. So... Uh, bottom line is that, and you know, we're running up on the end of the show here. Uh, I encourage everybody to take an active role in emergency preparedness because I don't think this is a freak event. Uh, and I think that while it may not be snow next time, it could be an earthquake, it could be a windstorm, it could be Flood. a flooding event, it could be some other form of infrastructure that True. breaks down. So there could be any number of things that could be surprise. And as they say, uh, fortune favors the prepared. All right. So uh, we are out of time for today, but uh, thanks as always for tuning in. Kyle, thanks for uh, subbing in today. You bet. First time I get to be on the radio today. So. <laughs> Look at that. All right. Well, you heard him here first, but it won't be the last time. Stay safe. Stay warm, everybody. Katie, thanks as well. Thank you. Uh, remember, you can give us a shout for financial stuff too. 541-375-0898. Until next time, this has been David Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. And Kyle Bailey. Yeah, True Wealth on News Radio 1240, KQEN.